quite a while ago now as well, wasn't it? Was it 14? 14 years. 14 yeah. years, yeah. Mad. I couldn't even shake. I couldn't even grow up a year back then. Look at this now. <laughs> no. Hello and welcome back to In The Frame. I missed you last week, but we're back with a bang today because we are reuniting Lee Mead and Keith Jack, who were the winner and runner-up on BBC One's Any Dream Will Do back in 2007. I can't believe it was 2007. That makes me feel so old. Lee went on to play Joseph in The West End, whilst Keith played the narrator and then Joseph in the musical's UK tour. Both Lee and Keith have gone on to do so many incredible things. They've done so much. Most recently, Lee played Lofty in Casualty and in Holby City for five years, whilst Keith toured the UK as Nick in Fame, the musical. It was lots of fun to record this episode. We reminisced about Any Dream Will Do, spoke about their friendship, and I also had a little surprise for them towards the end of the recording session. Here's the interview. Lee Mead and Keith Jack, you're both in the frame. Hello. Hi, Andrew. Hello. Nice to see you. <laughs> nice, yeah. to see, nice to see both of you. What people can't see, luckily, is that all three of us have pretty epic lockdown haircuts right now. Well, <laughs> lack of haircuts. Lack <laughs> of haircuts. Mine, mine in particular is huge. Yeah, I've got a massive head of curls. So, uh, <laughs> It's out of, out of control, actually, to be honest. Uh, but we will be we'll be getting it shaved off very, very, very soon. Um, I want to... We're going to talk about all different things, but first of all, I know, do you two remember when you first met each other for the first time? At what point did you meet each other? And, and what, were, like, what were, like, your first impressions of each other? Oh, blimey. I'm trying to think, Keith. What, what, was it early rounds of the competition, um, Any Dream Will Do, or... Was it the later stages? I can't, I can't remember, really. I've got it was, er, I think it was early. We were both in the same audition because I remember uh, clearly when we come to London, when I come, when I, when I, when I come to big, the big smoke from Edinburgh, uh, I did my audition and I got through and then my dad watched your audition in front of the panel. Oh, did he? So we were in the same day, but I think you were just slightly later. But I think we properly met as... When we got to like Joseph School and all that kind of stuff. Oh, the last sort of fifty or something, yeah. Yeah, because that's when we're all in the kind of same similar rooms to each other. But even mm. though you kind of meet, you still don't really know anyone. Like it was kind of weird because you kind of meet people and then the day after or that day, people would just leave. <laughs> You'd be like, bye. I <laughs> know oh, it was it was crazy, wasn't it? It's was, it's was such a blur, really, at that period. But obviously, lots of things. That you know were great as well, but it was quite a while ago now as well, wasn't it? it was it fourteen? Fourteen years. Fourteen yeah. years. Yeah, mad. I couldn't even shake. I couldn't even grow a beard back then. Look at this now. <laughs> no. well, I, you look at pictures. You look at pictures back then. I mean, Lee looks identical basically, apart from the slightly <laughs> bigger hair. And Keith yeah. has had the biggest transformation out of anybody ever. Well, he's bu- he's buffed up as well. He's like twice the size of me. It's like he's <laughs> muscle man, isn't he? He's like, yeah. <laughs> He went from being this, like, sort of, you know, young kid, I guess, was he 18 at the time, Keith? I can't remember now. 19, 18. yeah, 19. Yeah, because so I was 25. But, um, yeah, and he just tanked it up since then. <laughs> tanked it. Missed the muscle. Got addicted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you you two have forged this amazing friendship. I know Keith's always 
talking about you, Lee, and yeah, you know, kind of see you perform at each other's concerts and stuff. But I know you've kind of come, you've kind of grown into really great friends. So when did that force? When you're on that a, a show like that, I imagine it's it's crazy, and you don't necessarily have time to necessarily form friendships at the time or it's just very different circumstances and so much has changed since then so what, what when did that kind of happen when did you when did that kind of friendship form I, I don't know really I, th- I think that there's always connection between us both um in in the competition I'd say Keith wouldn't you and then as time progressed and we left and moved on I mean all the guys it, it, you know um, people say it but we all generally got on really well and um the, the last 12 of the competition but we just always stayed in touch and I think we speak at least one, once a week probably or every couple of weeks which is quite rare I guess for two finalists on that kind of show to be in touch and be sort of really close friends 14 years on but um Keith's just a great guy I mean you, just, you sort of know Keith yourself Andrew and decent bloke and um I think what kept us that friendship going as well is that we had that, that, that experience that sort of unique experience together and uh, and as, as people, we just clicked really, and, and we have such a laugh. And you know, <laughs> even throughout lockdown, <laughs> in touch and stuff. And uh, he's just a really good mate. Yeah. So it's it's funny. I don't know if you remember, but I remember we had because we always used to chat. But I remember we had one night before the final where me and you sat upstairs and we had that big conversation about because it was the night before the final. It was like the next day. Like, are you ready? You're not ready. Like, what's going on? Because it was kind of weird and I remember we spoke about it quite openly about yeah who, if we feel ready for the part all this kind of stuff and I think from there on in it's just been continuous and then obviously after you won and then it was kind of like you were straight into rehearsals and everything and after that we've just found that relationship again but we just have a laugh don't we like we got on think, because like yeah. Lee's, Lee's, Lee's still the boy from South End. That's the best thing about Lee. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, matter, no matter what he does or what, where he goes, he's always just a lad from South End. And I think that's yeah. why we get on like so well. Do you know what I mean? Just you're the same guy as I ever met you in the programme. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, it's true, really. I'm still here as well. Still, <laughs> still in South End. <laughs> but I, I think you touched on a, on a thing there, like that conversation we had the night before the final. Um, Obviously, all the, all the lads were really driven because it's, it's a, it was a life-changing experience, wasn't it? But I think me and Keith have always been on, on that same mindset. I mean, the, the night before the final, you know, I'm very much a believer of if it's meant for you, then it will be. Whether Keith was going to win the final or myself, uh, I, you know, I, I would have been obviously amazing to have won it. But I think we had, had that kind of mindset that we're both driven but weren't sort of, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say really, you know, sort of, I've I've never been the, the kind of person that's out and out for roles. You know, if it's meant to be for you, then then uh, it's it's your part. But a lot of people have got a different mindset. I think, I think in that sense. Yeah, like when you won, I just wanted to give you a hug. Like, <laughs> it, do you know what I mean? That was my first initial reaction, and then here we are now. Like, and I'd mm. still give you a hug if I was allowed, but not. Uh, and it's just never changed, has it? I think that's the thing. The 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 friendship has just got crazier and crazier. <laughs> I guess it's interesting because at that time, Lee, you, you were kind of already in the industry and performing. And obviously, you were there for you know you wanted that step up and you wanted that exposure and you know you wanted you there for that kind of reason. Whereas Keith, you were such a baby, you were kind of just starting out. This is your first steps into the industry, so 
you had a lot of different people, I guess, in that show who were there for different reasons or who had different levels of experience. And I imagine when you're all there together, it must be that that just brings a very different kind of dynamic. So in some ways, like Keith, were you were you like <laughs> I don't know, like, don't, I don't want to make this like overly cliche. Were you like looking up to Lee or some of those no. boys that were like experienced? Were you looking up to them or were you kind of like, I've got this, I know what I'm doing? I just took every round as it come. Like for me. I just took every single time that I got through an audition or a round or whatever you want to call it for that show, just as like a new day. Like I had no, once I got to like the last 12, I was like, I just remember just thinking, don't go out in the first round. That was it. After that, I was so happy. But Lee, Lee was like a, a brother to me. Like he's, he was like having an older brother. Like we used to, that was the thing about it. No one ever kind of backstabbed each other. Everyone wanted the part and everyone was driven. But like, mm. I said, I'll tell you that the conversation we had openly the night before, I said, like, I think this is your time, Lee. Like, as much as I wanted that part, as much as I would have loved it, he was older than me, he had more experience. There was more things. I, I went away and learned and then played it later. Like, I think we all had our time and I think I knew it wasn't quite my time, but I had no bother about that at all. And I think that was a big thing that we all got on so well. And yeah, Lee was like a brother, he still is. I think you're right. It was su- it was such an amazing experience for all the guys. It was, I mean, just incredible. Things we were doing were just amazing, weren't they? And, and uh, as much as it was, was a competition, I think most of us didn't see it that way, really. It, it's just a, <laughs> no. it was a big old laugh, wasn't it? Just sort of doing all these amazing things, you know. And it's crazy, really. And going to sort of Lloyd Webber's place in New Yorker and we got to the final stages and just surreal stuff that we were doing and, but it, it was it was a really great time. Amazing memories that we all shared together. Quite unique memories that a lot of people wouldn't get to experience. Really, mm, no. I know. Everyone always says we need to bring those shows back because they just brought us so many amazing people and launched so many people in, into the industry. That it's such a shame that we don't have that platform now, right? I think it was about it was the rights, wasn't it? Wasn't it the rights, or is yeah. it because it was promotion? BBC aren't meant to be seen to promote things or. Because right. they don't have obviously commercials and things. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah there's, there's, there's a lot of talk of, of that, wasn't there, as well? That it was promoting Andrew's shows and making him and the shows more money. But kind of ultimately, any any theatre production or producer is, you know, it's um, it's just a way of selling tickets. But the, the, the bigger picture was creating new talent and obviously entertaining the public. I mean, like sort of millions tuned in every week it was like crazy at 12 13 million a week it's um mad really when you think about it and then what do you think about how you know you've both gone to navigate incredible careers and so many people from the shows have gone on to do so many amazing things and completely different things than you think about like jesse buckley from the nancy show who's this you know massive film actress there's so many so many people have just done completely different things with that that launch pad there's a lot of talk now something that back then definitely wasn't spoken about is that kind of aftercare and dealing with with suddenly being in the spotlight and it was huge and you both had you know huge fan bases and were able to do amazing things with that and lee will we'll talk about your palladium show and all the different things that have happened and keith or your album you were both be able to do so many projects and use use that platform in so many good ways but also imagine have you had kind of back then or over the years the kind of the hard times of that and the the pressures of of the the papers maybe being interested at one point or having having people on social media social media get the rise of of that and that getting bigger how have you kind of dealt with that side of it yeah it's a big question really um 
I, I'm not sure about you, Keith, but for me, yeah, it was just uh, coming out of the show. It was def- definitely that's when 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 the whole career and, and sort of journey started, really. And, and trying to, I mean, for me, it was always about having a long term career, which I always wanted, and making like the right choices to do good work. And, and sort of 14 years on, I'm really proud that I'm still doing good work, you know, because um, I, I sort of knew that peak period would would die down and um but there was that initial support after we left but then you're sort of on your own really yeah but you got you find, find your agent and then you know essentially it's about getting out there and sort of getting the work I, I guess the bonus was we had that sort of platform to that many people to sort of kind of open some doors in terms of profile but you've ultimately got to still get the jobs you know which was um sort of something that you can't take sort of lightly really but do you find yeah. was there was there some people? I, I Keith, I think we spoke about this last time about having that reality TV label of some people kind of being like, oh, well, you've come from a reality show, so we don't want to see you. Keith, I remember you talking about that before, like that's something you experienced. Like Lee, have you had that as well? Some people kind of looking at you differently because of it. Uh, a, a little bit. Uh, generally, I think most producers and casting directors are, are sort of open-minded but uh, I know that I was up for a few TV roles like Robin Hood for BBC and various things and I hadn't got my first TV part at that point and um, it wasn't until a chap called uh, Oliver Kent who was the um, exec producer on Casualty and he cast me as Lofty the, the nurse in, in that program and ended up doing playing the part for five years but that initial period yeah I found that I wasn't getting into castings because of having such a profile then for doing musical theatre stuff. But I do think that that's changed a lot, though, in recent years. I mean, you see a lot of musical theatre actors now going into TV. And um, But in terms of the reality thing, yeah, I, not really. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, it's, it comes down to whether you can prove you can do the job. I guess like Jesse Buckley and Sam Barks, all those kind of people, mm. same same sort of thing. You, 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 you sort of look at their career and what they've done, they've done since. It hasn't held them back either. So I think, I think it just comes down to whether you can do the job, really. Mm. What do you think, Keith? Uh, instantly when we come out of it, it was something new, I think. And it was very much... Uh, definitely I wouldn't get seen sometimes because of what I was from rather than anything else. I, I think that changed over the years, is like Lee said. But yeah. instantly when you come out of that, it was still new. There was a lot of... I remember we went to watch Lord of the Rings and uh, during the, the TV show, and we were there and we were like, oh, what would you feel like if if an actor come out of a reality TV show and come into a job and the guy, the guy who we were talking to was like, I wouldn't like it. You've not trained, you've not done this. And some of us hadn't, some mm. of us had. And he was like, I wouldn't like it. And when I come out, I felt a little bit like that. And I think because I I had not trained, I'd not done any theatre apart from Amdram and things like that. And so for me, it was, it was kind of like, I had to prove myself differently. And kind of that's what I went away and did. I actually got the part of the narrator and spent a year just learning, learning on the job and getting a good agent who steered me away from doing shows that he was like, you're not doing that because that's not what you want to do. Like I did uh, Only the Brave at Edinburgh Fringe instead of another production would have, would have paid me so much money. But the reality of it is it wouldn't, in the longevity, wouldn't have put me in the right places to be in the right shows with the right people and get taken seriously. So it's about who you have around you. Like, I mean, Lee would speak and I'd speak to John, I'd speak to my agent, speak to different people and just be like, what do I do? Because I was new. Like, I'd moved to London. I'd been from Scotland to London. So it was a little bit of like reality TV boy 
kind of thing uh, for a bit. But then after the times, that slowly disappeared like Lee said. Mm. But what I think I really admire about both of you and about lots of people in this industry is how they can go out and make their own opportunities as well. So both of you are always, you've got albums coming up and you're always doing live shows and touring and, and doing all sorts of those projects. So is that is that something that is important to you both and something that keeps you being able to be creative i mean lee when you're doing like a long five-year contract in a tv show you're able to still go and do the pheasantry on a sunday sometimes and unleash that side of you and and keith when you're suddenly you know in something like fame you're still able to go and do your concerts and do other material and sing songs and you know do stuff that the fans and that the people support you want to see so is that an important side of of your careers for for both of you Ever wondered what it takes to make it in the movie business? Peel back the curtain with 4-6 Success Filmmaking. 4-6 Success Filmmaking is where filmmakers share their stories and the secrets. It's beyond competitive out there. There have been movies that it's taken me 10 years to get made. Don't wait to create. Like, you've got to just keep making stuff. Tune in to 4-6 Success Filmmaking for your dose of cinematic realness, direct from the voices that have lived it. For me, I think so because it's it's part of who we are or part of how I am. Like, I love doing a bit of everything. Like, I love acting, I love to sing and dance on stage, but I love standing behind with a piano and singing songs and telling my own stories and things like that. And to have the, the chance to do it all it is a lot of fun, just so that you can every so often, it's great to be different creatively and put together a show for people and a show that you enjoy uh, and also it's amazing to like follow a script and do an accent and do all this kind of stuff. So to have that as well, that has obviously come from doing the program and, and, and doing things like that to, to be able to put on your own concerts and on shows is, is amazing. And definitely it's part of me, like it's one of the things that I love the most as well as going to like, uh, I do a lot of gigs for Warners and that's brilliant. Like I have this whole set where I tell my story from like when I was a five-year-old boy singing Donald Where's Your Throosers in Scotland to like doing just finish just where, finishing Where is Donald? <laughs> Donald just finishing where fame. Is... So you can't do that on a stage, but you get the chance to just tell a bit of your story as well along the way, I think, which yeah. is fun and creative. I, I think there's a general rule for most actors and singers as well is that you try and diverse as much as possible because it's such a hard in sort of, uh, um, I guess, profession to, to get work so you I, I sort of learned very early on even prior to the Joseph program that the more you can diverse and do everything then hopefully you're, you're more likely to, to sort of be in work hence doing the panto and concerts and albums and tv things and, but it takes time to work up to that as well I mean it doesn't happen overnight so it's um but for me personally I, I think very early on I decided to work hard to try and diverse as much as possible which is really important as well. Mm. So, Lee, tell us about your Palladium show. What's oh. This is an incredible, incredible opportunity. Um, a big, it. big moment. How did, it, how did it come about? What's, what's happening? Oh, I can't wait. It's so, it's so exciting. I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough to do odd performances at the Palladium you know, um, for guest shows. And I did the, the uh, first panto there in 30 years. Um, Cinderella yeah. paid the prince, which was incredible. Did, we did a five-week run. But... I don't know. We just spoke to management, sort of music management, and we said that it's been a year and a half 
of lockdown and it's been a tough year for us all um why not just come back big and book, book the palladium so it's, it's a big punt but uh i think it's uh, a, a, a thousand tickets for the show because it's still social distance it's on june, june the 10th um because from june 21st it all gets released so we thought for the fans and also just the mass public really it would be nice to put on a big show but sort of 12 piece band and i'm going to be touring a new album next september october around the country yeah, we're doing sort of 35 dates but i just thought why not really it's it, it, and it's going to celebrate my sort of 40th birthday in july and um the last 20 years of my career as well so it's really exciting stuff yeah leave me to the palladium <laughs> Are you gonna get you're gonna get the number one dressing room as well. You're gonna get that beautiful, beautiful dressing room. I think so. But you just see myself turning up on the night and go, Oh, it's it's locked today. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're, you're in the basement. Yeah, you you're in the basement. <laughs> yeah. No, it will be a really special night personally and, and, and for the fans as well. And um I'm just really excited to be honest. I I never thought I'd get to have my own show at the Palladium, so it's um really exciting time. And um, we're going to record, record my first sort of live album as well, so uh, that's the plan. Yes. How are you? How are you putting it together? Then is it going to be a mixture of sort of some new materials that you've done before? What's What's going to be on that list? On that set list? There's going to be a few new songs. I've, I've started writing again in, in the last few months, the last year. Um, when I was signed to Universal a few years ago, I, I was doing writing sessions then, but obviously doing the theatre stuff then as well. It's it's quite a full time job. So I've had this last year to to write write songs and music and. Um, there's a guy called Steve Balsamo, actually, who, who played Jesus and Jesus Christ Superstar. And he, he, he's kind of been writing the last 14, 15 years. He's, he's a great songwriter. And yeah, and, and we've written some good stuff together. So um, there'll be three, four new songs on, on the night, hopefully. And then uh, a few Joseph numbers and then, uh, some covers and, and songs from sort of the sort of last five albums as well, the last, last few years. So um, it'll be a really special night. Yeah, I can't wait, actually. That's incredible. I mean, especially now, as we're recording this, theatres are still closed and stuff isn't happening. So to imagine that night and to imagine all these things that we have to look forward to right now is just pretty superhuman, super worldly, right? It's it's insane. Um, mm. Are you okay? Are you okay, Keith? Keith has just been yeah. running around. Has had... <laughs> I had a parcel delivered. <laughs> you got a parcel delivered at the door. Yeah, but you're, you're in my ear, so I was listening, but then the door was gone, the buzzer was gone, I was like, oh no! <laughs> I, I've just had my Lee Mead tickets arrive for the Palladium. Yes! <laughs> oh yeah, I'll be there. What are, what what are the things with both of you when you because you both do do completely different things? What are the things that are that scare you the most? What are the things when when you almost pick your pants a little bit? What are what are the ones that out of all the different things, all the different totally different jobs you do, the different scenarios? When it's a time when you maybe sit in your dressing room or wake up in the morning and go, oh god. Oh, I'm not sure about you, Kate, but for me, what in in terms of work wise, you mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, meant in general. <laughs> Oh, we could talk. Or we could go. We could go deeper if you want. We could delve. We could delve deeper. And get, go to like a real therapy session. When you, mode. When you put your pants in general, I was like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> What's um, Well, I can remember doing my my first play. Is this Oscar Wilde play back in I think two thousand nine? It was about a year and a half after the sort of Joseph run, and um, it was with real stellar actors. It was like Gary Wilmot, Kate O'Hara, um, real stellar cast, and. and I was driving the whole play for two hours and I chose to do it. It was a short tour for four months. 
I did it just to really push myself. And it, there was 148 pages of uh, scripts for me and being Oscar Wilde as well. It was a real challenge. And, uh, but I remember being petrified <laughs> on the first day of rehearsal, the first read through, but I came in, I was that nervous that I, I learned the whole play off book on the first read of rehearsal. I think the cast were a bit shocked that I kind of, but I knew going into that for, um, for the other actors that, that, that there might've been that sense of, okay, this, this young chap is, come from this sort of reality show this is a proper play how's he going to do and but it went down really well and I've got sort of stronger views and I think that that then for me was a platform to go on to do more stuff like the, the tv acting and everything else but that, that was a pretty scary scary moment yeah that first day mm. but when you talk about it as well before thing before navigating your kind of career and doing different things that was a, that was a really big moment because that was showing lots of people that you weren't just going to be jumping from musical to musical necessarily and like you were able to do completely different things and it's you proved your point um mm. keith when do you poop your pants i think for i think like as much as concerts and albums and all i think first night of any show is the worst because you were the most chilled person ever in my eyes I'm, I'm quite chilled but i think the first night of any show i'm like whoa like yeah. that first night when you were first going on to that stage and you're going you've rehearsed for four or five, six weeks, whatever, and you have to step on that stage for the first night, I think that's the worst. I think that's the scariest. Yeah. Like, the amount of times I go to the toilet before a show for that is <laughs> is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I need I need to pee. I need to pee. And then I'm yeah. fighting, I'm like, I need another pee. I need another pee. And it, it is worse when you do the first night and then you've got, like, I bar anyone I know from coming to, like, a first preview or a first night because there's nothing worse than having, like, an audience yeah. plus like your friends in the audience it's horrendous so yeah that's that's my worst I think. what about when you do like you but you both do quite a lot of like intimate venues lee is the kind of the king of the pheasantry and i've, I've seen keith at the pheasantry and, and smaller king places of the pheasantry. <laughs> you've had a lot of you've had a lot of pizza lee if you're eating pizza before all those shows oh i know but you get a lot of free food there but that for me that would be terrifying because literally people sat that far away from you so like I, like they could, yeah. you, could t- you could touch them they could touch you that feels easy though i think because it's like you're in control if something goes wrong you just you can have a laugh about it and have a, like, have, like shows where you can if the piano goes wrong or you sing something wrong you forget the lyrics you just you make it part of the show and it's it's fun and you can't you can't do that in a musical or a play like if something goes wrong it's it's quite hard to just make it up as you go along but yeah I think the intimate stuff like is is a bit different. Like I kind of yeah. I've been to a couple of these pheasantry shows and sitting there you're always like it's so live, it's so nice and like in the way you talk or the way Lee talks or whatever is kind of it's the kind of funny bit because you're going, What's he got to say? And it's not scripted, it's do you know I mean that's the fun I think. Mm. Yeah, there's that sort of looseness to it. But it, it's I think what I like is that it's so intimate and that, that's why I still sort of do the gigs really i mean it's only like 60 70 people but it's a diff- completely different feeling to going out to a few hundred isn't it and um it's always fun to do yeah it's, it, it sort of makes for a, a completely different show doesn't it yeah yeah, yeah. And, and audiences love those audiences absolutely adore those shows it is such a unique and personal experience it's totally different to 
to any other medium or seeing people play any other different venue. That's why that's kind of what it's all about. I love I love going to those shows, and you get to eat lots of pizza before, which is which is <laughs> the best thing. It combines my two favorite things like cabaret <laughs> and Pizza Express. <laughs> Lee, for your next yeah. for your next pheasantry poster, can you do like Lee Mead, King of the Pheasantry? <laughs> <laughs> Quote West End Frame. But, yeah, tied West End Frame. King <laughs> <laughs> of the Pheasantry, a knight of Elvis. <laughs> you two need to do, I think you two need to do a show together at some point. I don't know. I don't care whether it's like a cabaret or a full out musical. We need to see you two on stage reunited. We've we've done, I did Lee's show before, before in Wales. Remember I come and did your concert? I was, wasn't it? I'm trying to think what that was. was it... The problem is we just laughed. New... Newtown or some, it was something like that. I, the problem I couldn't do like I couldn't act oppositely seriously because we would just laugh. <laughs> like if anything oh. was to go wrong, that'd be the end of the show. Oh, it's crazy, isn't it? That's, that's the thing. You're such good friends with people, and you, and you do work together. That there is that that line, isn't there? You got to really sort of focus when you're really close friends and to not break character and stuff. But it's, it's like, <laughs> oh. like two of your sisters and Panto give it like ten years or something. We could we could oh. see that. Could you imagine? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm waiting. For, I'm definitely waiting for Keith to transition to to being the Dame, rather than when his when his Prince days are over. Would you do the Dame? Oh yeah, I'd love to. But my Dame would sound like a uh, a version of Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh. <laughs> it would literally be like, uh, "Oh, my wee Aladdin! Oh, my wee Aladdin! Where have you been? Oh, you've come to do that, Aladdin!" <laughs> I'd have to be in Scotland. <laughs> Because uh, everyone in England be like, "What did he say?" <laughs> they would uh, say it. They pick it up. They they get it. That's to be a point though, where it's like, oh, "I can't play Prince. I can't play Aladdin. I can't play Peter Pan. What's next?" <laughs> I, I think I'd love to be the baddie, actually. Personally, yeah, I've, I've always wanted want to do that. Just the sort of uh, flesh creep or all the bad type character would be quite fun. Yeah. A bit of Jafar, a bit of Jafar yeah. or something, yes. Jafar. Well, to wrap this up, I kind of wanted to embarrass you both a little bit. I've got a little clip. I thought we'd watch a little clip and then share our kind of live reactions. Keep oh, it absolutely God. terrified. So oh, this, yeah. you can you can tell me what this is. I think it was, um, I think it was maybe in the final and it was like the top two. You two did a number from Jesus Christ Superstar, which I absolutely, which I absolutely oh, love. Hey, yeah. let me... Let Keith, me stop. So young there. I know. This is when I watched this just before. Keith, you look absolutely terrified. Don't get scared. This is this is wonderful. When you but... said a clip of us, I was like, hopefully it's not from like a night out or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll say it's not from a night. This is this is from national television. But this look, we can see Keith right now and he looks like a baby. People at home will be able to hear a little bit, but you can find us on YouTube. Search search Lee Mead and Keith Jack and this comes up one of the first things. Let's let's watch a little bit of this and share our live reaction. <laughs> How does it how does it feel to look back and and see oh, and see that? It's great, really, because it sort of takes you straight back. I, I remember such a real buzz backstage, and and just that that day itself, it was a real special moment. I, I, I can remember just sort of 
just just enjoying the whole experience of it. Uh, as I was saying before, it never felt like a competition. It sounds weird, but I just I'm just loving it, and just um, I think because the friendship with Keith was always there anyway, as I said before, that it, it was um, it didn't feel like a competition really. I just felt like we're going out having a having a song together. Yeah, <laughs> we're actually singing against each other though. Yeah, it's weird. It's kind of it was kind of fun. Like it was just watching that part now. I'm like, oh my god, my hair. Uh, it's just. <laughs> I remember that final for me is really weird because I had laryngitis, so I was gargling you, you TCP, did, didn't you? TCP like all day, like, and I was just literally like, running backstage in a quick change, gargling TCP and going back on. But do you remember doing that song that Jesus Christmas? It was uh, they were like, okay, so if you, if this happens, you sing this half, and you sing oh, this yeah, half, and this. Yeah. And then literally, before we went on, they were like, Lee, you're singing this bit, and Keith, you're singing this bit, and we're like, right, go. It's crazy, but isn't it? Was that the only time we sung together? I, I can't remember. I think, um, but you're right, I just remember having to learn the whole song in case, you know, we had to switch parts. And, yeah, because um, we all had to learn different bits. Because it could have been any combination of, of any different top two, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was such a buzz, though. I mean, just the energy and, and you know, just the, the thought of, people tuning in and and that point in the competition it was just such a great time it was amazing really nuts well it has been a pleasure to reminisce and to have you both here everyone needs to get those tickets for lee mead at the london palladium and you've both got lots of albums and stuff out there that people can go and and check out and support and keith we need you back have you got any concerts coming to get you doing a concert again as well uh, I have loads of Warner's stuff coming up and then I do have a few projects in the pipeline, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, so there's always always things in the pipeline, always lots of stuff going on. Even um, right now it's COVID related. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But honestly, such a pleasure to um to speak to you both. Thank you so much. And yeah, can't wait to we'll do this one day we'll do this in real life. We'll do this in three D. Oh my Absolutely. god, perfect. <laughs> thanks, thanks both. Thank you so much. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew, thank you. You can see Lee Mead at the London Palladium celebrating his 40th birthday on Thursday the 10th of June. Thank you so much to Lee and Keith. It was such a pleasure to chat to them. Such a pleasure to record that episode. They're both great guys. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button and you could also leave us a cheeky little Apple Podcast rating and review. You can also follow Western Frame on Twitter, on Instagram and on Facebook. And I'll be back next week with Sejal Keshwala from Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Thanks for listening. That was a nice chat.